0: we live in an amazing world of technology technology is something that I love like I love using my smartphone honestly I don't know what people did before that Uh, I was actually I remember I was around during the razor days when those are like the coolest phones ever technology solves so many of our problems, makes life a ton easier. I mean, uh, I want us to think about FaceTime for just a second. FaceTime is an amazing invention. So I don't live anywhere near my family. They all live in Texas. Uh, and I don't, it's hard for me to actually watch my nieces grow up. So FaceTime is an awesome, amazing tool for me to be able to, to not only talk to them, because right, babies don't really talk very well. to so actually get to see them, I to be a part of their lives and seeing them grow up. FaceTime has been an amazing invention just for me personally. Like I love FaceTime. And I think about some of the, uh, some of the other reasons, some of the other things that inventions have done or this technology auto start in the car. I don't have auto start this past week. Uh, as you notice, the temperature has been getting a little colder. I'm from Texas. I don't do cold. Okay. Like cold is like not my thing. And, uh, so there was frost on my car and I was like, oh man, and I live in the third story of our apartment complex. And I'm like, I got to run downstairs to start my car, make sure I get the frost off the car. Um, and so I went down and started it realized I forgot my key in my car to my house. So I'm like, ah, oh, poo, I got to run downstairs, get my key. And I go back upstairs and then I start, you know, letting it warm up just a little bit, put the key inside. And then I went back downstairs in my car, realized I forgot the key in the house I had to run back upstairs and I'm like exhausted. I'm late to work and I'm just going, you've got to be kidding me, man. I, I would have loved auto start, right? Auto start would probably would have made my life just a little bit easier that morning, right? You know, I think about how we use our phones and just by a couple taps, you can get to really any location you want any restaurant you want, any gas station, we can see what people think about certain restaurants. We have access to people, not only in our lives, but in this country at almost at will, right? Technology is something that has made our lives a whole lot easier. It's amazing. And that's the purpose they serve. They serve the same purpose, whether it's your at home appliances well, it's your kitchen appliances. The reason why those things are even invented is to go, man, how can we make your life just a little bit easier? Right? And to that, I say, thank you. Thank you for making my life just, just, just a little bit easier. Right? I mean, and, and some of you are going, man, Bryce, like, is this going to be one of those messages that we talk about how bad easy is? We're not. Whether it's the apps on our phones, applications in our homes, we can all agree. Easy is actually really a good thing. And we should really look for different ways to make, or like I'm not sitting here going, I think it's a good, I think it's a bad thing for you to look for ways to make your life just a little bit easier. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying, it, you, you know, you should look for ways to make your life just a little bit harder. You don't don't use that phone for DoorDash. Man, God does not want you to use that phone for DoorDash. It's not a good thing, right? I'm not up here saying that God doesn't want you to use some dishwasher to make your dishes cleaner. You got to do them by hand. No, that's going to teach you something, right? I'm not saying that. I don't think God's saying that. But what I want to draw our attention to is something that comes up, whether we realize it or not. There's a side effect to the easy is good mentality. There's a side effect to the easy is good mentality. For most of us, we believe that, right, easy is good. But what we don't realize is that our brains actually draw conclusions to the opposite, that not easy is not good. Our brains draw the opposite conclusion, like I said, that not easy must not be good. Isn't this true? With all of our modern conveniences that we have, it can be tempting to think that when something is complicated or difficult or requires some work from us, that's not a good thing. It must be not good. And that's a problem. Why? Why is that a problem? Because here's the deal. You could probably agree with this. Not easy things happen to us all the time. Not easy things happen to you all the time. We've had people we love die. We've had good friends break our hearts. We've had people we love just walk out on us or reject us. We've become so discouraged by what we're facing and what we're going through that we felt like the only option we have left is just to give up. We'll have a number of other experiences that you could probably file under the category, not easy. Am I right? Of course, all of us have problems. All of us have things that we're walking through and they're not the same. Not all of them are the same. And there are some difficult things that, that we bring on ourselves I mean, all of us could probably agree we've made life just a little bit more difficult than it probably has to be. Like, I'll be the first to tell you, I have made my life significantly more difficult than it needs to be. Right? There's this thing called sin. But Here's what I want to be honest about. Here's what we're going to talk about. This I want to be clear that this is actually, uh, we're not going to be specifically honing in on the decisions that you have made. But what I want us to focus on are the decisions that maybe other people's poor choices that they have made that have affected you. For some of us, we've experienced some of these not easy moments. And some of you would go, Bryce, the, the moments in my life that, that you're talking about, I wouldn't necessarily classify them as not easy. You would probably classify them as excruciatingly painful. Or maybe you'd classify them as downright awful. And for some of you, you're right in the middle of these moments. And it has led a lot of us, maybe some of us, to believe that God is not on our side. That either he isn't as powerful as we once thought or maybe worse, maybe God just isn't that good. And at the same time, there's many. There's something that many of us know and realize that not everything difficult is bad. I'm, I'm, not, there, there's, I'm sure there's plenty of smart people out in this room right here. Some of you went to college, right? Just kidding. No, but there's plenty of smart people out here. You know that not everything difficult is a bad thing, right? We could probably agree with that. But isn't it true that most of what's truly worth doing in life is rarely problem-free. I mean, think about it. Entrepreneurs. You talk to these successful, famous entrepreneurs who, I mean, they work their fingers to the bone, and they'll tell you that their success did not come overnight. Right? They had to work sleepless hours, probably 90-hour work weeks. They had to uh, to, to stop taking out a salary for three years in order to get to where they wanted to be. Right? They had to take this loan out. You hear it all the time. To get to where I wanted to be was not easy. My, one of my favorite documentaries is uh, The Last Dance. Uh, if you know it, it's a Netflix documentary on the Bulls, the 1990s Bulls, uh, the Chicago Bulls. Some of you are like, I don't even know what he's talking about. Well, I'm a big sports geek, so you're just going to bear with me for a second. The 1990s Bulls, they were uh, one of the greatest eras... Of teams that ever existed. In eight years, they won six NBA championships. Like that. So, some of you may know who Michael Jordan was. He was on that team. Okay? Michael Jordan led the Bulls, him and Scottie Pippen, to all these championships. And you go and watch this documentary, you don't sit there and go, man, that looks really easy. I could probably do that. No, you go, Michael Jordan is an absolute psycho. And it's exhausting just watching this thing because he was so driven and it was clearly not easy. All the pain that they went through, all the years that it took for them to not be good at all, to finally be good. Right? So we could probably, like I said, all agree that we understand the reality of just because something difficult doesn't make it bad. Some of the best parts in our life are going, we realize some of the best parts are going to come with pain, are going to come with difficulty, problems. I remember my coach, my football coach in Texas is a classic Texas thing. They would say, I got to make sure I quote it right. He said, just because it ain't easy, doesn't mean it ain't worth it. Ain't wasn't even a word in the dictionary at the time when he said that. Just because it ain't easy, doesn't mean it ain't worth it. So where does this leave us? If easy is good, but not easy isn't necessarily bad, what are we supposed to aim for? What do we aim for? Is it possible to have a good life story even when life isn't easy? And how do we respond? What do we do when God allows our lives to be something other than the easy, carefree story that you and I had hoped for? How do we respond? The Apostle Paul, uh, who we've talked about the last couple weeks now. I mean, this dude did not necessarily have an easy story, but man, he actually he talks about our stories and talks about how we can have a better story consistently. And, and and we could have pulled many things that he actually talks about on this subject about the difference between easy, the easy is good, easy or not easy is not good mentality. But I wanna hone in on the Romans for just a moment. Romans chapter five. Paul is talking to the, the, the believers who are sitting in Rome. Now, just to give you a little picture, we, we briefly mentioned this last week, but I'm gonna cover it more. Do you know what's happening in the time When Paul wrote this letter to the Romans, Nero was the emperor of Rome. Now, if you remember anything from your history classes, your history books, Nero uh, is probably one of the worst, actually, I think he is the worst Roman emperor that ever existed, ever lived. His time as the emperor was a short time because he actually was the cause of the fall of Rome. Because, I mean, this dude, he was literally known for playing his violin in front of the entire nation of Rome, completely naked, and just did not care. He created this debaucherous land, and he hated one group of people more than any other group of people that ever existed. And those were the Christians. He hated them so much with a passion. He actually, he threw dinner parties and would light people on fire while they're still alive to light his dinner parties. And it was said that his parties were so loud that no one could actually hear the people screaming from the rooftops. I mean, just imagine you're in this time period of your life and you're going, man, it is so scary to be a Christian right now. Or to at least claim that I'm a Christian. I mean, Nero would literally create these environments, these arenas, and they would throw Christians out into these arenas and just have lions and, and tigers rip them apart. All because... They claim to be followers of what was called the way, which was following Jesus at the time. And if I'm honest, I'm sitting here going, man, I couldn't talk to these people. I don't have a story quite like theirs. I'm, I'm not going through any of the same things that they're going through. My problems seem a little insignificant at the time compared to what they were going through. But Paul writes a letter to them. We talk about how Paul was beaten. He was tortured, beaten within an inch of his life twice. Almost brutally killed. He was rejected by all of his friends. People did not like Paul. And he's currently in prison writing this letter to the Romans. And in spite of the circumstances, Paul writes this, Romans chapter 5, verses 3. He says, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. Oh, man, I love when Paul says that stuff, not. But we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance produces character and character produces hope. As I, as I read this, I'm just like, Paul, man, you know, I'm just trying to imagine myself as these Romans, they're receiving this letter. I mean, you can't really argue with Paul. Paul's kind of going through some of the same exact stuff that they're going through. It's like, man, this is tough. Like, I'm like suffering. They just stole my mom away. Paul starts by saying that we can glory in these sufferings. He says rejoice, rejoice in these sufferings. You know Paul, that sounds amazing, sounds pleasant. But then followed with the fact that it will come through suffering. Glory and they have have rejoice or rejoice in these sufferings. take joy, right? James tells us, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, I'm just going, I, you know this doesn't sound. Uh, This sounds cool. It sounds good, but that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, to be honest with you, based on what they're going through. And like I said, he follows it through with the fact that they'd be suffering, which doesn't sound pleasant. And here's the thing. Who here rejoices in another failed attempt at dating? You know, you feel like you keep trying to go after those relationships and you're just not getting anywhere. Who rejoices in another friend who stabs you in the back, you shared some pretty confidential things with them and they go right around you to share them with somebody else and they hurt you. Or you have that friend who just keeps talking about you, shows no care for you, or maybe not getting that job that you had wanted so badly. You never heard the call back. You never got the email or the school that you wanted to get in so badly too. Who rejoices in yet another problem with your vehicle? <sighs> another problem with this stupid vehicle. Who rejoices in the death of somebody that you really care about. Rejoicing is never anybody's first reaction, just isn't. And yet Paul, in the middle of his difficult circumstances, didn't tell us, hey, make sure you pray for the easier life. Pray for it to be easier. Or to run away from this challenging life. He told us that there's a way to live the best life in the midst of our challenges. And he shared that when we endure difficult situations, it will lead to three things. Perseverance, character, and hope. Perseverance, character, and hope. Paul says that suffering and pain and difficulties aren't always bad. In fact, he says, the more that we face them, the more endurance we develop. The more you and I face them, the more opportunities we have to grow in some perseverance. You know, and as I was sitting there and just reading this and going, man, I don't, I'm having a hard time writing this message. Honestly, I got a really hard time writing this message because I'm just going, man, but there's so many people that are going through a lot of really hard things, a lot of really difficult things that you didn't cause. That maybe you've been praying for and asking God, when is this going to be gone? When is this going to go away? When am I going to stop struggling with this? And I know for me, like I understand the idea of endurance, right? And and the hope is that that maybe you understand, we, we should all understand the idea of endurance. Maybe you played a sport as a kid, maybe you've trained for a race, or maybe you just, you like to work out, or maybe you don't like to work out, but you still do it anyway, right? The whole reason for these workouts is to produce what? Endurance. When you sit under the weight of something, you're able to lift it so you can continue progressing and continue lifting heavier weights. Or if you're all about more reps, you lifted 10 pounds five times. Maybe next time you want to lift it seven times. Maybe the next time you want to lift it 10 times. And the whole point is that you grow stronger and your endurance is picking up. to train your body to go farther and get through more than than your body ever thought it could. And when we choose to do difficult things, we develop endurance. You become stronger, you have more character, and knowing that you've gotten through something before can give you hope that you'll get through it again. This is what happens in our workouts. What's hard is when that translates to our life scenarios, our life situations, the things that you're going through that are really difficult and really hard. And what I don't want us to miss is this, is that Paul said in order to gain perseverance, character, and hope, we have to go through suffering, not around it, right? Can't go over it. Can't go around it. I can't go under it, right? I got to go through it in order to produce the perseverance, the character and the hope that we would like. We have to go through the suffering to become the kind person that we want to be. We have to go through the moments that are going to get us there. In fact, Paul even took things one step further. Paul's desire for us was that we would glory in our sufferings. Like I said, that we would rejoice in our sufferings because we'd know about the good things that God was growing in us as a result of those sufferings. And if you think this sounds impossible, I'll be honest, I'm right there with you. This this just sounds impossible to me. It sounds incredibly difficult to actually live out and walk through. I mean, rarely do I sit there and go, man, God, thank you for that difficult situation you just put me in. God, thank you that I've got to go through this conversation now with this person, with my brother, with my friend. What I want to do is I want God to remove them. And if God ain't going to remove them, I want to remove them. But Paul knew something that you and I tend to forget. That change for any of us is difficult. Change is just a challenging thing. Change is really, really hard. I don't like change. And oftentimes, here's the thing, I have to be forced to change. I have to be put in situations where I need to start changing. I need to start growing. I'll just share this brief little story. I remember basketball practice. My coach was just ragging on me all practice long. And I'm like, either this dude really hates me, or he's in a fight with his wife, or he hates me. Those are the only possible outcomes of this. He does not care about me. He does not want me on the team. I mean, there's no way. He is just absolutely running my butt through the court. And it was it was just not fun at all. I mean, everybody on the team was like, dude, like he is like treating you like garbage. I'm like, I know, right? And I remember he came up to me and talked to me after practice. And he said, Bryce, I want you to sit down. And I was so angry at him. I'm like sitting in the seat. I'm like, you have no idea how angry I am at you right now. And He goes, Bryce, do you know why I'm pushing you? And I said, no. Why in the world are you just treating me like absolute garbage? He said, Bryce, I'm sorry that um, some of the actions, some of the things that I said or did made you feel like that. Here's what I'm trying to do. I believe that you have way more in you than what you're putting out there. I believe that you have more in the tank than, than the rest of your teammate. I'm not saying this to brag or to boast. I'm not, I hope you don't hear that at all. All I'm saying is, is this coach was seeing something inside of me and saying, Bryce, I want and I know you've got more in you and I'm going to push you and I'm going to help. I know you don't want this. I know you don't want to change. And I realized in that moment how privy I am to not do things that are going to push me. To jump out of things that don't seem really easy, and man, this seems really difficult. This seems frustrating, and you're angering me. And I don't know if I want to keep in this. But the reason he was doing it was because he just says, "Bryce, I, I I believe you have more in you than what you are offering right now. You and I need a lot of help to grow." We do. I need people challenging me and I have people challenging me all the time. Sometimes it feels like too much. I want you to look back over your life for just a moment. And you'll see that it was in the hard times, it was in those difficult moments that you matured as a person. It was in those seasons that you really started to mature it was there in the pain you grew closer to God, and, and, and sure, you, you probably matured some in the easy seasons as well. I'm not sitting here, like I said, this message isn't going, yeah, easy's a bad thing. It's not what I'm saying. You might have matured in the easy seasons of your life. But the hard times, the hard seasons, were the times that really changed you. God never promised us easy. He never promised us an easy life or that we would, he would remove all the obstacles when we started following him. In fact, he actually promises us and says, Hey, I'm going to set some healthy expectations for you guys. It is going to be hard following me. I just want to warn you. It's not going to be easy. What I think is so beautiful is that God actually promises to be with us, to be present as we walk through these difficult times. And not only that, but God has promised that in the difficulties in your life, in the sufferings that we experience, they do not get the final word. They don't get the final word. Death has lost its sting. You know, when Jesus gives the great commission to his disciples, he, he says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always, to the very end of the age. He says, I'm with you. First Corinthians ten thirteen, uh, we say, no temptation has seized you except what is common to man. And the next part says, and God has is with you. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. He promises to be with us in the midst of what we're going through. And Paul tells us that endurance producing character Here's a character is. Character is developed in the embracement of our difficulties. Character is developed in the embracement of our difficulties. That word embrace doesn't mean that someone is embracing you. That means that you're embracing the difficulties. That means you are willingly choosing to say, I'm going to tackle these difficulties head on. Every time you face a challenge head on, you become a person of character who isn't afraid of these tough challenges. Now, that doesn't mean that God will never come through for us um, or or will never remove difficulty in our lives or that, that we should stop praying for suffering to end. We should always know that God actually wants us to ask him for help. God wants us to rely on him, to to cry out to him for help. He wants us to ask him to change our circumstances, to remove our pain. I mean, Jesus modeled this so perfectly. He showed us that we can do this. And sometimes God does remove the suffering. There are plenty of you in here who you've been the benefactor of God removing something miraculously from your life. Maybe it was a temptation. Maybe it was an illness. Maybe it was an illness of someone that you love or care about. Maybe it was a financial debt. But here's the thing, he may not remove it You may have to keep looking for that job, battling that crisis, dealing with that pain, but you can do that knowing this. Your difficulty is never there because God doesn't love you or that he isn't with you or that he isn't for you. He's with you in every hard situation and his heart hurts as you do. Hebrews reminds us that Jesus is the great empathizer. He will empathize with you, and He experienced everything that you've experienced. We see in John chapter 11, Jesus actually weeping with Mary and Martha, who just went through the loss of their brother. We see Jesus weeping with the disciples over the city of Jerusalem. And as awful as those hard things are, he is using those hard things to produce something far better in you. Paul bled this truth. And this is what I really want us to hone in on tonight. It's so important that you don't miss this. The better story is rarely produced on the easy path. The better story that we're all looking for, right? This is the series that we've been going in. Man, we want a better story, not the easy story, not necessarily the happy story. We want a better story. And that better story is rarely produced on an easy path. The difficult things in your story that that feel like they might defeat you are actually the very things that God can use to grow you if you choose to surrender them to him. What you and I think is limiting our story, God is using to leverage our story so that we can have a better story. What you think is limiting your story, God is leveraging to use so you can have a better story. What would your life look like if you took this truth seriously? How would your life begin to change if you believed that the difficult path was the one that led to a better life? I think if we begin to run from the idea that, that the easy life is a better life and embrace the possibility that pain and difficulty could bring us endurance, character, and hope, then we'd find that we're moving in the direction of a better story. So I going to close with this. What suffering or hardship are you going through? that you've hoped God would simply remove from your life? What suffering or hardship are you going through that you have hoped God would just remove from your life? Maybe it's the increasing amount of debt or financial stress that you're experiencing right now. Maybe for you, it's a frustration at work with your boss, or maybe just a work environment, or maybe you don't have a job and you're trying to get a job. For you that are married in here, maybe it's there's tension in your marriage or tension in your relationship. Maybe it's a a relationship that seems to just be fading. Maybe it's some loneliness. A friend that just walked away from you, wants nothing to do with you and you don't know why. Maybe for you, you you just moved here and you're having a hard time actually finding some real community. I wanna challenge us all with this. And before I say this, I I almost didn't even include this in my message because it was so hard for me to actually, one, do, um, but it was hard for me to actually think, how how would this be helpful for them? And and I realized afterwards, and I'll share it afterwards, why it was so hard for me to actually say this and do this. I know some of you are just, you're going to think I'm absolutely crazy for promoting this and saying this to you. Some of you have been through some really difficult seasons. Some of you are in a really, really difficult and dark place right now. But whether you're coming out of a season, you're right in the middle of one, or you feel like you're about to enter one, I want you to try this. And my challenge is this. During this last song, in your head, in your chair, right where you're at, maybe you got. Maybe you want to stand, maybe you want to sit down in your seat, but I want you to do this. I want you to try and thank God for whatever hardship you're enduring right now. I want you to be able to sit there and, and actually thank him. And the reason why this is so hard for me is because honestly in me, I just immediately go, got to thank God for that? Why would I I thank God for what I'm going through? And God just goes, Bryce, what have you literally just been preaching on? What did Paul talk about? What did James talk about? What did did Jesus talk about? What did all these men talk about that that is the only thing that is going to produce the perseverance, the hope, and the character that you're looking for? And for me just to be honest with you it's it's there's one or two things that come up. Either I go, well what I'm going through really isn't that hard. Really isn't that difficult. I don't really think I need to pray about it. Or what I'm going through right now there's no way I'm thanking God for. No way. Paul is telling us is that this is going to produce something in you far better than you could ever imagine. It's going to lead you to that better story that you had always wanted. Imagine if we embrace the possibility that pain and difficulty we are experiencing could bring about endurance, perseverance, character, and hope. Is it possible that the more we believe this truth, the more we might even come to believe that we don't necessarily want ease, but we want better? I don't want easy. I want better. We want whatever it takes for God to change and shape us into the people he sees we can be. That's why the better story is rarely produced on the easy path. Let's stop persevering after easy. Let's stop chasing after easy. Let's go after the better story that God has for us. Let's pray. Father, thank you. God, thank you for your heart. God, for what you're doing. And um, Lord, I I just, for me right now, this is so difficult to even think about thanking you for what I'm going through. God, for different things that I'm just processing and wrestling with in my own heart, and my own mind. God, I know there's plenty of people in this room that are just, that was the sign for them to check out. God, I ask during this next song that you uh, would help us to have the courage, to have the wisdom, to be able to go, God, thank you. Because I know that what you're doing through this is producing something in me far better and far greater than I could ever imagine. And it gives us hope for the next season of life that you have us to endure. We love you, God, we thank you and pray all these things in Jesus name, amen.